Welcome to the Bad Book Reviews Podcast, a discussion on bad reviews of books loathed with the authors who wrote them. I'm your host, Alexis DeWeese. This is not a chance for writers to exert revenge against cruel reviewers, but instead a place to discuss how we talk about books we don't enjoy, dish about the books we actually love, laugh a little about the oddities of the internet, and find a grain of truth in some rough critique. Welcome to the Bad Book Reviews podcast. I'm Alexis DeWeese, and this week I'm sitting down with Clay Scroggins, author of How to Lead When You're Not in Charge, and lead pastor of North Point Community Church. Clay writes with energy, humor, and experience to help guide pastors and other community leaders to serve well in the areas they've been given to steward. Clay and I got connected when I helped facilitate his book launch team through Apricot Services, and I'm excited for you to get to hear hear from him and some of his less than enthusiastic readers today. Thanks for joining us, Clay. Thanks, Alexis. And I would say you didn't just... uh manage the launch process. You guys crushed it. I mean, it was really well done. <laughs> That's what we aim for. <laughs> no, it was really, it was a great team. Um, and I really, I really enjoyed the book and getting to unpack that with people. So thanks for letting me into that, into your world. Thank you. So you are a pastor by day. Did you ever think about trying your hand at writing a book when you were getting into the ministry? Was that ever an interest of yours? I, I wouldn't say, I would say probably a goal, maybe not an interest, because I honestly, I don't love reading books. And I feel hypocritical having written a book <laughs> because I <laughs> people to read something that I, uh, obviously I've read my own book, partly because I did the audio recording for it on the, uh, on the audio book. But um, I'm just not, I'm not a real avid reader of books. And so mm-hmm. I'm just, I think that affects, honestly, my enjoyment of writing. I don't love writing. So I would say, and uh, it was probably not an interest, but it was definitely, I think working, you know, Andy Stanley is my boss's boss. And so just watching him from afar and even from a little bit more up close, he's authored a number of books. And so I think naturally I've just watched him and gone, huh, that seems like that's a pretty cool opportunity that he's had to do that. And it definitely opens the door for for more opportunities. So I think I was interested in it from that level, but not necessarily writing mm-hmm. level. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So then how did the idea or the opportunity for how to lead when you're not in charge come about? Yeah. Um, I enjoy talking about this because it didn't, I, I don't fancy myself as a leadership expert at all. And <laughs> I felt, I've honestly, you know, everybody has from time to time that imposter syndrome where you're looking mm-hmm. in the mirror being like, okay, go try to be this person and just hope that they figure that they don't figure out that you're really not. <laughs> and I just, I finally, as I was in the process of writing, I was like, I'm tired of trying to fake and act like I, I don't know. I felt like I was supposed to be, you know, like John Maxwell Jr. or something. And I'm definitely <laughs> not. I am. Um, I and I never wanted to be. And I just, I don't even feel, I don't feel qualified or feel at any level good enough to do that. And so I, I really, um, I, I really bumped into this whole thing mm-hmm. and I sort of bumped into the topic itself. I mean, I, I think I, if I ever, if I had wanted to write a book and if you would have just said, well, what would you want to write it on? I, I couldn't mm-hmm. have chosen this or I, I definitely wouldn't have. So the way it okay. happened is I, uh, living in Atlanta, you know, there's a lot of great, uh, parachurch ministries or nonprofits. Mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of big churches as well. And I have a lot of close friends that work at Passion City Church, which is uh, yeah. led by Louis Giglio, who's mm-hmm. an author as well. Uh, and uh, Louis, uh, through the person that works for him, who I'm really good friends with, sent me a message and said, hey, would you come speak at our staff meeting? And I was elated. I was like, this is really incredible. I mean, this guy has been like a, uh, I mean, to say mentor would act like, you know, that would assume that we're really close friends. But <laughs> not. But we can assume that. That's fine. Please don't. Uh, in an indirect way, <laughs> been kind of, mentor, I would say. So, okay. But I'm definitely, I, I feel so much gratitude for what he's done for, mm-hmm. uh, for me and my wife. My wife's been really impacted by the Giglios as well. So yeah. When he yeah, asked, that's an awesome opportunity. That's what I thought. I was like, this is so cool. And so they said, well, what, so the message was, what would you want to talk about? So I had just done this thing on uh, giving and receiving feedback. And I sent that to them. And I said, what about this? And I didn't hear anything for a while until it, and I'll remember, I remember this distinctly because it was the, it was Sunday night and it was in February. And I remember that because the Grammys were on. Okay. And Louie and Shelly Giglio, they also run a, uh, they have a record label. Mm-hmm. That's so Six Step Records, right? Six Steps Records, okay. correct. Mm-hmm. David Crowder and at the time Chris Tomlin and people like that. So the, they, I just remember receiving the email from his assistant saying, hey, I talked to Louie about what you sent. He said, no thanks. What else you got? <laughs> oh, man. Where do you go from there? Okay. Not that's not cool because I don't <laughs> have a whole lot more. And then I, I just remember watching the Grammys and they panned the crowd and they showed Louis and Shelly Giglio at the Grammys. And the meeting was on Tuesday. Their staff meeting was two days away now, mm-hmm. less than forty-eight hours. And so I just remember sitting there thinking, this guy is brilliant. I mean, he's partying it up at the Grammys and I'm sitting here worried about his staff meeting now. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> When I am his age, I hope that I am just as shrewd and coy, you know, or I don't know, that might be a negative. <laughs> I, I really, I was like, that's incredible. So I, I, so the next morning I woke up, it's Monday morning now, the meeting's the next day. And I, I'm an early riser and get to work early. And I sat down to an open notebook. And it, so when he said, no, thanks. What else you got? He said, Hey, I really want you to talk about what are you learning right now? Hmm which that's a great question, no matter who you are and no matter what you're going through in your life. Too, too often we ask, why is this happening to me? Mm. Or how do I get this to stop? Or how can I make this change? But instead, just to ask the question, what am I learning? Was a, it, was, it, un, it unlocked a lot in me. And I remember writing down that phrase, I am learning how to lead even though I'm not in charge. Mm. And that's really where the whole thing began. So I thought, huh, that's what I should probably talk about because that's what I'm learning most. So so I went and shared with their staff meeting the next day. Here's four things I'm trying to do, even though I'm not in charge. And the crazy thing is that talk that I gave that day is still the talk that I've given now probably 150 different times. Oh, my goodness. It really was the backbone for – it was really the framework for the book. So I definitely uh, never saw that coming, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, I'm, I personally am really grateful the book exists. I mean, I think it's a really great concept, especially, I mean, I'm, I'm in my mid twenties starting out in a career and they're just at that point, you're not in charge of anything, you know, like, and it was really great to have that challenge to, to look at what I have been given to steward and how to 
step into that well, I think is so helpful for so many people. Because how, how often do you hear from people, I'm sure you hear this, after, after you give that talk, people will talk about like, oh, yeah, but I'm not I don't have anything. I'm not in charge of anything. Like, I'll just wait until that point, you know, but right. your book is a challenge to think before that point. And I think that's really pivotal. Well, that was the intent of it. And that definitely that's how it happened for me. I, I'm a as a campus pastor. We have six churches in Atlanta and I'm just I'm constantly sitting in meetings where I'm not in charge. And I have a lot of authority. I have a lot more authority than I did when I started. But mm-hmm. I think that was the that was what was so frustrating to me is that it hasn't. Even though I have more authority, it ha- the the need to cultivate influence hasn't changed because mm-hmm. that that's what the built the book is really built upon is the the lie that we all believe that you have to be in charge in order to lead. And you not only do you not, but the sooner you can realize that cultivating influence needs to happen, whether I'm in charge or not, uh, is a really helpful thing to know and a helpful thing to learn. It's just sometimes a little bit challenging to do. But the great news is if you can do it, it will make you a better leader when you're not in charge and it'll make you a better leader when you are in charge. Because the Mm -hmm. best leaders, even when they're in charge, they don't lead demanding people follow because they have authority. They lead through through influence. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. I'm going to segue for a second. So before you had landed on this fateful talk that became the book, you had mentioned that you were, you wanted to give a talk on giving and receiving feedback, which is, I'm sure, like when you're speaking or even just in a very large church setting, you're getting all sorts of random feedback from folks all the time or having to give that to your team. What have you learned in that realm that you've carried into book feedback? Yeah, I. you're right. As a I don't know if it's, I, I don't, I don't know if this is true in every other industry. I just know working as a pastor, uh, I feel like I'm walking around with a suggestions box on me at all, <laughs> which can really get annoying. You come with a comment section. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, people just, they just naturally want to tell you what they thought about every single thing, which is you just learn to appreciate it and, uh, you know, at times smile and internally laugh. Um, but I think what I, what I talked about, what I still talk a lot about with feedback is I want, I want the people that work for me to approach me on a regular basis saying, Hey, have you seen anything that's odd? Is there anything I'm doing that seems off base or off putting Mm -hmm. Uh, is there anything that you would be doing differently if you were me? I just started recognizing that if they would ask me that, it just goes so much better because I have mm-hmm. feedback to give them. So, you know, whenever you realize something like that, it's always so helpful to turn the table like Adele and go, well, if this is true for them, I bet my boss wants the same thing out of me that I bet my boss mm-hmm. would love for me to do the same thing to go, Hey, how am I doing? Uh, what, what would you do if you were me? Uh, is there anything that you see that I'm doing that would, that should change or could make me better? And so that's the, to me, that's the trick of feedback is, uh, unsolicited feedback never goes well. <laughs> Just realizing and recognizing that everyone around you has opinions and the sooner and the better you are at 
uh, approaching people with an openness and actually pursuing it, not just being open to it, but actually pursuing it, the, mm-hmm. the sooner and the better you'll get better, uh, the, the better you'll be as a leader, the better you'll be as a human, because everyone has information orbiting around the world that would make them better. And you are no better for not knowing it. You're not any better because you don't know it. Uh, you're only better when you get the feedback and then when you can apply it. But the problem is uh, most people want it. Few people ask for it. And I, that's that's really what I have learned is just learning to be in an open position is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But learning to pursue it, that's uh, that's the place that really makes us better. Now, in light of this podcast, what what do you do with the anonymous behind some veiled username feedback. (laughs) That's a bit of a different topic, I would say. Oh, I'm sure. So when you started getting reviews on the book, you know, besides like outside of like, you know, your, your good friends or your mom, like those first few reviews, I feel like are like five stars. Like I know this guy and this book is awesome. Um, when you started getting view reviews from the random public, um, what, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I was um, when when I heard that you were doing this, I just thought this is such a great idea, and I am a great candidate for your podcast because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding you, and this is not self deprecation. I haven't seen many books that have that have gotten as much negative feedback as my book has gotten, and there's a, I mean, I feel like there's a few reasons why, and there's some reasons that I have to tell myself so that I can sleep well at night. And want to, get up more, you know, those kinds of things, yeah, um, so that I can get across the bridge, you know, in the morning. Um, but yeah, I, I think at first, I, it, yeah, it definitely stung, you know, because you're just like, whoa. I, but it's a very, I think we just forget, I, or at least I forgot that what I'm doing. I mean, putting a book out there is a very public thing, you know. You're. Mm-hmm you're inviting that kind of feedback. And so I've had to tell myself, Hey, look, this is part of the, this is part of the nature of the beast. You know, that if you're going to put something out there into the public space, which there's been so many positive things that have happened because of that. Mm -hmm. I have gotten to speak at places. I've had conversations with people. uh, People have reached out to me who would have never otherwise known anything about what I'm doing. If I hadn't put this book out into the public world. So, Mm -hmm. I've had to recognize, look, more good things have happened than negative feedback. So, uh, but the negative feedback, it, it's, it comes with the territory. I mean, it just, it comes with it. And so I think I've just had to realize, look, it's just part of the deal. And I think I've also had to realize that just because somebody doesn't like the book doesn't mean that I, that I did anything wrong. I think we're in a world where if, if you're offended, it's just natural for me to go, oh no, I've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. When the truth is, you might just be offended and I might just need to let that roll and go, well, I still would do what I did over again. And I don't know what to tell you. I hate that you're offended, but I don't have to own that, I think. So, but that's a little tricky because sometimes we do need to own it. Sometimes if I offended you, I do need to say, hey, I need to look in the mirror. And so I, it's, it's caused me to look in the mirror for sure and go, mm-hmm. did I did I do something wrong? Did I do something I shouldn't have done? Or is this person just offended and I just need to let them deal with their own own feelings. It's a, yeah, it's it's been a, it's been an interesting process for sure. That's a great distinction. I think, I think that's really astute of you. Um, And I think when, 
people are putting out like we we have the internet now like people can put whatever opinion they want wherever they want it and i think often in that process we lose sight of what's the purpose of that especially like in the book review space like when i am asking people to review a book like i'm usually looking for a few things i'm looking for them to articulate what they liked about the book what they didn't like about the book and why because i'll ultimately think about it like this is helping someone else judge if this is a good, um, a good book for them, if this is a helpful resource for them, or if this is, you know, the story or whatever they're looking for. Um, but oftentimes when it just gets to that point, sometimes it just gets ugly as we'll see in a second. Um, that it's just, it's not, it's not helpful to someone else, be that the author or another reader. It's just out there. Yeah. That's a good point. I've, I, I, I sometimes forget, that this review is for other people to determine whether or not they should want to read the book. Because I think a lot of times I read the reviews as this is what this person thought about me. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure that it's so, it's so easy to, to go to that place. It is. And that's not helpful at all. I mean, I think learning, I've really learned, uh, I feel like in general, people around me would say, Clay has a pretty healthy sense of identity. That's something people have told me numerous times. Mm -hmm. And I would, I, so because of that, I thought, oh, I, I'm, I must have done a lot. I have done a lot of hard work on, you know, on knowing what to believe about myself. But the last couple of months has been probably one of the most challenging seasons of really questioning my own confidence and belief in myself mm-hmm. or uh, just identity stuff that I feel like I've been doing more identity work in the last couple of months than I feel like I've done in the last couple of years. Oh, wow. And part of what I'm learning is about differentiation and how important it is to differentiate yourself from other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, these these reviews, I think seeing them as, hey, this is just somebody trying to let another person like themselves know whether or not they should buy it. Uh, that's uh, that's a way better way to look at it than mm-hmm. this is this person's assessment of me as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not <laughs> that's, uh, that's not that helpful. Yeah. No. And I mean, I think that, and you can now think that, but uh, we have some reviewers who don't necessarily get that concept. So are you ready to get into some of your bad book reviews? Can't wait. Yep. (laughs) It was tough to narrow it down, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) There's some, there are some gold ones and I, I have, I have tried, I've taken what I think are, I think the most humorous ones and we'll dive into those. So this first one um, is one star. And only has just the name of the the name of the review is also the same as the title. So they didn't get super creative here. So here we go. We got one sentence and I'll read it in the tone of voice that I think this person wrote it in. So It deserves. <laughs> Few things are more obnoxious to me than a writer who spends the entire book trying to be cute. End quote. That's it. That's all they put. <laughs> oh, I love that. There's, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Uh, but, um, so, I mean, I, it, it is kind of a backhanded compliment though. Like they, they thought you were, they thought you were being cute through the course of the book, which I mean, the book has, you know, a, a lightness and your humor to it, which I think really helps carry it. But this reviewer doesn't agree with me. Yeah. doesn't appreciate that. And I think, <laughs> you know, one of the things I've just learned, I probably have learned it most by, uh, ma- being in a position where I manage a lot of different kinds of people 
And you just learn that based on people's temperament and wiring, everyone has different needs and everyone wants different things. And, you know, my, uh, my personality type, I'm very, uh, I'm super extroverted. Uh, I love uh, being around people. I love a good story. I love to listen to a good story and tell a good story. If I mean, I don't have any friendships where I don't laugh. Um, I have a hard time being friends with someone that doesn't enjoy laughing. And so because of that, uh, I made a pretty significant shift in my writing style early on in this process. And it was my boss who really helped me. Mm -hmm. Uh, He came by my office one day. I had sent him a couple chapters and he said, hey, um, it's it's good. It doesn't feel like you. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you just need to be yourself and just you just need to just write like you would say it to someone, you know? So, and that was, that was real. I mean, I love that he gave me, I mean, I thanked him in the acknowledgement section for telling me that because mm-hmm. I feel like it really, it freed me up a little bit, particularly because this was a leadership title. I felt a little stiff or that it mm-hmm. needed to feel like a book or. You I suddenly needed to, needed to be businessman clay or something. Exactly. And that's not me. And so, you know, when I, when I hear that review, I go, yeah, I mean, that's probably, you know, I can understand how someone would feel that way because this is not, this is not like reading uh, Patrick Lencioni. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a little more playful. It's, I feel like it's leadership for, um, it, it's 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 leadership that's trying to be entertaining as well. Mm-hmm. Which, and and only because I would rather be entertained if I'm going to read yeah. something. So, well, and you think about the context in which most people read a a leadership book, it's usually professional development. Like I would like something more entertaining in that realm. If I'm reading it anyway, if I, if I'm going to have to read it, I'd rather laugh. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. But I could understand how the person would say he was just trying to be cute. And honestly, I was, you know, there was an element where I, I, I I wouldn't say I was trying to be cute, but I definitely was trying to be me, which anybody that's around me would be like, yeah, he definitely attempts to be humorous and sometimes hits it and sometimes doesn't, <laughs> but it's a, it's a percentage game. You know, you just learn, yeah. you got to throw a lot out there and some sticks, <laughs> so. you know, and I feel like you got there. This may have not been that, yeah. that basket, but I feel like, you know, there are plenty other, you, you had plenty other slam dunks for other readers. So our second review um, is one that you had alerted me to. Yeah, yeah this um, is my favorite. Oh, I think this is gold. So this one is actually two stars. You you earned two, not just one. So congrats. Yeah, um, and that's comical about it to me. I'm like, this was a. I mean, it was a. T- I mean, very harsh review. And I thought, what is a one star? A one star. Oh for this man! Person? Oh man! I, mean, I don't even want to know. This Here. person starts criticizing your children, your parents. And that's the ones, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. We'll, we'll get, well, okay. Listener, we'll let you in on this. This is going to be, this is going to be really interesting, but why don't I read this? Um, and then Clay, I'll have you unpack a little bit of like your, your relationship within, um, your organization and we can kind of go from there. Cause that'll, that'll help kind of clear some things up. So here we go. This one is two stars entitled, is this the best North point can do without Andy? Worst book of the year. Clay has nothing new to say that Andy hasn't already said in a better way. Is this the best content that North Point can produce without Andy? The future of the whole organization is seriously in trouble. Such a backward step in attempt of succession. So, <laughs> this is rough. 
This one's real rough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just, I don't know. When I read it, I was like, did I do something to this person? <laughs> because it feels personal. It feels like I kidnapped their soul or something. Oh my gosh. I So for our listener who may not know, so Andy Stanley is the the pastor of North Point Community Church. So that's that's the Andy that's being referred to in this review. Yeah, look, look back. He's the he's the senior pastor of North Point Ministries, and we have six churches, and North Point Community Church is one of them, but it was the okay. original one. And so I am in the job that he was once in, but um, that that was my other from a, from a positive sense. I thought, well, this this reader is uh, assuming a lot about succession <laughs> and and. <laughs> Uh, my level of influence within this organization. The title says you're not in charge, but this person is really, they give you a lot of credit. Yeah. I mean, it, this person is assuming that I'm going to replace Andy, which uh, <laughs> that's never been mentioned to me. So maybe the organization is, isn't in serious trouble. <laughs> I think we, the organization's got some other options that they're still waiting. And I am definitely one of them, but it is not... Uh, <laughs> It's definitely, there's no, there is no succession plan right now. So I, I mean, in some way you could, I mean, this could be, this could be a pat on the back that like this person's giving you that credit. Like they, they, they see, they see a vision of where this could go and they may not like it, but the vision's there. Yeah. That's, that's honestly how that was one thought I had as I was like, well, uh, that's interesting that this person thinks that, but, um, that would be news to me. If there's, if this person knows something that I don't know. I would love for them to pass along. <laughs> I took a screenshot of this one and uh, I put it, I, I tweeted it. And the feedback that I got was really hilarious. I think, I, I think what I said was, um, it's pretty amazing that I got two stars from this guy reading how critical this review is. <laughs> just, uh, you know, there was, You worked hard for that second star. Yes. There were just, there was a lot of really funny retorts. So. <laughs> Okay, I have a small bonus round. We can do this real quick. But this is this is a one-star review that's titled One Star, in case we, we couldn't have seen the stars. So this one just says, did not get the bonus items as promised, videos, study guide, etc. And I would just like to go on the record and just publicly apologize that this review is my fault. I didn't write it, but I it was my responsibility to be sending the bonus items, and I did not get on it fast enough on release day to get it to this individual. So I just, yeah, I'm sorry. You have a one star. That one happened real early. I, we, I think we emailed about that because, um, that was back when I was concerned about the, now at this point, there's so many of them that I'm like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but at the time, it was the first negative review. And that, and that was frustrating. Oh, like, he wasn't even reviewing the book. He was reviewing. No, no, he's reviewing me. This is ultimately a review of my abilities and my speed at emailing. And it was like first thing in the morning too. I'm like, I just got through my tea. Like, come on. But you know, he's got, he got, he has his stuff now. The review is still there, but I mean, it, I it adds validity. You know, your mom's book club isn't just giving all five stars. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So just wanted to go for a quick bonus round, but you have brought your own review that um, kind of had challenged you to think in a different way. Um, is that something you want to read for us? Sure. Yeah. And this is, uh, so one of the reasons why I've gotten a lot of 
negative reviews is, is it's really a, and this, I don't, I'm a super positive person. So this might be me reframing this positively um, <laughs> because I'm positive or it might actually be a positive thing, but this book has done way better than they assumed it was going to do. And uh, there's one of the successes of it has been on the uh, Audible platform, audible.com. They have put this, uh, if you go through their categories and just click on the leadership section, not just for Christian books, but just leadership in general, Mm -hmm. right next to Simon Sinek, Start With Why, you know, a book like that. I love that book. It's a great book. And so next to that book, this is a very different kind of book, even though if you went to audible.com, you might think that they're in the same category, which, you know, is a really positive thing. This book has done really, really well on audible.com because of that, because somebody at audible.com likes the book. Um, But because of that, I feel like it misaligns, it it creates expectations for it that it can't deliver. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've gotten a lot of feedback from people that, that are, that's similar to this review. So this is by a guy named Andrew and it's a one star and it says unhelpfully biased and misleading. (laughs) Google brought me this book and it looked extremely helpful, which again, when I first read that, I thought that is so amazing that Google is bringing this book to people. (laughs) Thanks Google. (laughs) Thanks Google. After starting it, however, I found it to be extremely religion focused and unhelpful. I only got about halfway through before having to stop it. The essential message is, in quotes, you're a vessel of God. He has a plan for you. So just do things your way because it'll work out because God wants it to. Instead of providing real world examples, scientific studies, or any sort of data, the author just shares anecdotal evidence from his own life and quotes Bible passages. (laughs) Which I love. It's pretty pretty much a Bible study. That's what's happening. Yeah, like I'm just like I'm just dropping random Bible verses in this book. <laughs> and let me try to bend this toward my will to say what I want. Exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah, I mean, truth be told, that's been really helpful. So what's, what's crazy about this is that our church, if, if, if I were to compile a bunch of reviews about our church, we would, there would be a lot of criticism from Christians mm-hmm. who think that our church is light. Uh, Andy gets criticized often for being, uh, he's, he's a very, he's attempting to be a very practical teacher. So he wants everything to be really mm-hmm. helpful. So because of that, sometimes people feel like it's not deep enough or uh, it's too surface level or it, we're too worried about uh, helping a mainstream audience and we need to focus more on being more theologically deep or astute or thorough. So when I was writing uh, there was a big, there was a voice on my shoulder that was saying, remember, you're writing for a Christian publisher. So you need to make this, and they know that you're from North Point. So you need to make this more Christian than you actually would have done. And so I probably wrote it, uh, trying to appease a Christian publisher more than I probably even would have, because we really try to communicate knowing that not everybody believes in Jesus and not everybody appreciates the Bible and not everybody even cares. Mm-hmm. So that's the way we approach stuff. So when I got the first reviews or the first set of edits from the, uh, from the editor that worked on this from Zondervan, the publisher I worked with, uh, he said, Hey, this has a real wide appeal, but I feel like you've written it just very overtly Christian. And I just wonder if we ought to dial that back some. 
And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, <laughs> that is the exact opposite of what I thought <laughs> they were going to say. About so, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. So th- these kinds of reviews have really helped me. I mm-hmm. have since signed a contract for a second book with Zondervan, nice. the same team that I worked with on this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a leadership title as well. And I definitely am trying to write it uh, really more true to the way I would communicate if I were teaching this. Because I've, d- I've done this talk, you know, uh, way more in for-profit businesses that are just in the general marketplace yeah. as opposed to churches or Christian nonprofits, mm-hmm. things like that. So I definitely can do it in a way that is just for anybody, whether they have faith or not. So uh, it's been really, it's been very helpful. And and then there's definitely been uh, a number of people that have said, hey, is there a way you could strip all the God stuff out of this and create another version that I could use with my team at work? Because I can't do all this with mm-hmm. them there. But that's been good as well. That's been a real uh, helpful challenge, I would say. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And I mean, we, you and I both know that you're not left with just a pamphlet once you strip out all the Bible verses and anecdotal <laughs> evidence. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's great. It's been so great talking with you. Thank you so much for sitting down and joining us. Well, thanks again. I, I, I love this concept. I think it's a really fun idea. And it, it's been helpful for me too to even process some of this. So I feel like I owe you like a counseling fee or something. <laughs> we can talk about that after. We can talk about that when we're off the air. So, all right. Thanks for joining me and Clay Scroggins on the Bad Book Reviews podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion. Be sure to check out How to Lead When You're Not in Charge. We'll link the book and the curriculum in show notes. You can check out Clay's world at claysgroggins.com and follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Clay Scroggins. You can follow me on Instagram at AL Deweese and on Twitter at Lex from Bohemia. If you want to contact us at the show, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at bbrpodcast at apricotservices.com. You can follow the show at Apricot Services on Instagram and Twitter. The Bad Book Reviews podcast is a production of Apricot Services. This episode has been made possible by sound engineer Peyton Burse, digital producer Peter Ford, and executive producer Alexis DeWeese. Hey there, listener. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know about an opportunity from Apricot Services. Clay and I just talked about the launch team I ran for him. And for Apricot Services, I run a lot of launch teams. I love it. I love connecting readers to the right book at the right time and equipping them to share about it with other readers. If you are an author who would like to run a launch team yourself, we have a DIY launch team package. Um, We combine strategic thinking and a little organization that can go a long way toward creating a successful launch strategy. And we've got both wrapped up in a nice bow for you with this package. What you'll get is a half hour setup consultation with a member of the Apricot team, maybe myself, a downloadable 20 page step-by-step DIY guide for launch team success, two hours of support with that same member of the Apricot team, either via email or phone, whichever is easiest for you, and a full week by week checklist of launch teams to do so you will not miss an opportunity with your team members. So why don't you go to the Apricot Services website, www.apricotservices.com and go to our services tab to the drop down DIY launch team package to learn more. We can't wait to hear from you. 